Jim. Fletcher Christian Gaines, how are you? Doing well. Doing quite well. How are you? I'm well, man. It's warm here in Southern California. It is. So I know it's the same in San Diego. This is Jim English, and welcome to my podcast called Who Gives a Shit Files. And we have the Padres consultant, the ever-optimistic, the glowingly positive, Fletcher Christian Sorry, Fletcher Christian <laughs> Gaines, and I'm so happy to have him on because the Padres have reaffirmed their commitment to this year. Why don't you tell us, Fletcher, about what happened in the trade deadline that ended about two minutes ago? Yeah, ended two minutes ago. I uh, am on Twitter right now refreshing just to make sure uh, some you know last-second trades don't get reported uh, a little late, but... For all intents and purposes, I think we're done. And uh, it is fun how you said uh, it's a hot day in Southern California, which it is. And the trade deadline gets called the hot stove at times. So that's uh, it's, it's right on theme. But um, yeah, so let's break it down. So where we were at last week, Jim, where we were a little bummed, Padres were struggling. And what it came down to was this weekend, they had a series against the Texas Rangers, who are in first place in the American League West, you know, a team that you know, I can confidently say we'll be in the playoffs, very strong team, team that made a lot of trades, actually. And it was, you know, it was reported that that series was going to determine what the Padres did in terms of selling our key players, such as Blake Snell and Josh Hader, or going out and trying to upgrade the current roster and making a push. Well, Jim, we swept the Texas Rangers, and the result was we traded away nobody, and we added uh, some reinforcements. So, to get into it, the Padres made a whopping one trade, but wait a second. Let's before we leave this yep, theme, talk me. Because this is the theme here that we talked about, where the Padres are a little bit below five hundred with teams with the good teams, the division one teams in major league baseball, right? Yep. And their problem is is they stink up the place against bad teams. So the sweeping of the Texas Rangers, who, by the way, they're a contender to win it all. They're a good team. Absolutely. You know, I, I mean, it sticks with the theme. They play up or down to their competition. Well, you want to even go further? Last night, Jim, I, you know, I want to keep this a positive talk. We lost our 10th extra inning game to the very, very bad Colorado Rockies. So this team man they go and swept the range as you said but we are 0 and 10 now in extra inning games and we did it to a very bad team so the theme is certainly there but you know you see what we do against the rangers i get my hopes up and they just got to start beating the bad teams but i'm hopeful that making the trade they did and not trading anyone away will maybe you know inspire the team a little bit to you know start playing you know their baseball regardless of who the competition is and they are five games out of the playoffs, right? Correct. So five games out. Um, the Chicago Cubs are a game and a half ahead of us. And then it's Milwaukee, Miami, and Arizona are all tied for the third spot. Philadelphia is a half game ahead of them. And San Francisco is a half game ahead of Philadelphia. So it is, you know, very, very tight. And a lot of teams, very crowded up there, but... We just got to be one of the top three out of this bunch. And, yeah, we got five games to catch them. But, you know, that, that's doable with the roster the Padres have. They just play to their level. So, Yeah, and I, am, I knew you'd be excited. I, you know, I read some of the highlights. And I saw 
that, you know, what they did is they added some pieces that they needed sorely. And also yeah. this reaffirmed their commitment to this season. So tell us, Fletcher, about what they did. Yeah, let's get into it. Um, so the Padres, we traded uh, with the Pittsburgh Pirates, um, and we got Rich Hill. So Rich Hill is, uh, when he suits up for the Pods, it'll be the 13th MLB team he's played on. He's a left-handed pitcher, 43 years old, making him the oldest uh, player in Major League Baseball. So there's a little fun facts there. And then we traded for a first base DH option in G-Man Choi. He's, um, he's from South Korea, so it'll add a, another Korean to the roster with Ha-Sung Kim. G-Man Choi, um, he's, he's bounced around a little in his career, and he's, you know, he's a power bat. He's a lefty bat. If you look, the Padres have a very strong starting lineup, as we know, but our bench is truly abysmal, and we don't really have a left-handed option off the bench, given that Matt Carpenter has been um, unplayable um, this year, which is you know, part of the reason why this team has struggled the way they are. So going into this deadline, the way I looked at it, is people say it was boring, and you know, it kind of was, but we, didn't, we don't need any more stars. We have the stars. You didn't need to overpay to go and get another star. What we needed was depth. And Rich Hill solidifies it. He'll be our sixth starting pitcher. The Padres, um, Jim, we have the best starting pitching in baseball. And that's with the five guys in the rotation we have. But there have been about, I don't know, let me say like 12 to 18, somewhere in that range uh, games this year where we've had to use a starter that isn't one of those uh, five. And in our record in those games are, you know, we're multiple games under 500. The ERA is over seven by whoever started. So where we're at is we don't have the depth and Michael Walker being one of our, those five guys has been, um, he's been hurt, you know, not more hurt, more fatigued and he isn't coming back to the middle of this month. So a guy like Rich Hill solidifies that depth um, as a starter, you know, he's not going to blow the world away, but he's a, he's a veteran. He's been productive this year still, and he'll be better than any other option we got for that extra spot. So I think it really is just a good mood, a good, a good move, a good depth piece. And, uh, and yeah, that's my, uh, that's my quick little summary on, on the two new uh, San Diego Padres. Well, you know, and the thing is about Hill, like you said, you know, 43 years old. He's seen it all. He's done it all. So he'll be a stabilizing influence, I'm sure, exactly. in the clubhouse. Got and experience can, in the playoffs, can, all that. Yeah, he does. And can't he – I mean, they can move him – to the bullpen, like a mid reliever, if necessary, right? Could they do that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So, I honestly, though, I see it more. So, Seth Lugo is part of our starting rotation, pitched seven innings, three run ball yesterday. So, you know, it's been very good this year for us. He was a reliever with the Mets last year and was a very large reason why the Mets had success. And him leaving the Mets is a reason why the Mets have failed. So, what a lot of uh, people are kind of hypothesizing is potentially moving Lugo into the bullpen because the bullpen has been, you know, a struggle, as we know. And I will say I'm a little surprised we didn't add anyone from the bullpen, but the asking price must have been too high um, to get who we wanted. But, but to get that. Lugo in there, essentially yeah. you are doing that. And, you know, the Padres are going to need a six-man starting rotation because I believe that they play mm-hmm. 26 games yep. in 27 days. Exactly. So, so in yeah. the dog days of summer. So they're going to need depth 
So Rich Hill brings that as a pitcher. Talk about Choi a little bit, please. Yeah, so Choi, um, you know, I was first really made aware of him when he was on the Tampa Bay Rays, um, especially in 2020. He was their starting first baseman, DH guy. And, you know, he's, he's a big boy. You know, he's definitely, uh, definitely doesn't skip a meal, um, and, and which, which I like, because he provides that power. And what it, what it really is, Jim, and, you know, his, his numbers this year aren't very impressive. Um, I think he's hitting more around, you know, 210, 215. But what he's done, he was hurt for a good portion of the year, came back in July, hit five home runs in July, had an OPS, I think, over 900. So he's, he's definitely found, he's he's finding where he's been at or where he could be. Short sample size, but he's he's been hot coming back. He actually hit a whole run um, last week against the Padres that ultimately led to the Pirates beating the Padres. So oh my I, gosh, uh, yeah, I wish he didn't do that. He probably wishes he didn't do that. But look, it's not you know it, last year they traded for Juan Soto and that Josh Bell, Brandon Curry, Josh Hader. Obviously, those were headline moves. That's not what we did this year, but that's not what I wanted us to do. You know, where we're at in the season and, you know, how the team feels and everything I read from the players is they feel like they have a roster to win. So just maybe add something extra, as we said, for that depth option. Because our bench is just, like, no, no not to discredit, like, discredit these guys as baseball players, obviously great baseball players, but everyone on that bench is not an MLB talent. They're minor league talents. And we need yeah. a guy who has a track record and can – play and go and hit a home run off the bench and pitch an option. But yeah, go ahead. Also too is Choi, you know, he may be hitting 215, but I believe he read he's in the 260, 270 range for the last month or so, which is almost a hundred points better than Matt Carpenter's batting average. Yeah. Look, I don't it did not matter to me who we traded for if we just got a left-handed hitter because they are better than Matt Carpenter, like regardless of like whoever it is. And I mean, that man has just been a disaster. I mean, he's had a solid career, so I can't, I'm not trying to take that from him, but man, he's just not been producing as a Padre. And it's gotten to the point where he's basically unplayable where they don't, he has not had that bad, I think in over a week. So I, I'm going to honestly going to guess he might get released at some point, but you know, we'll, we'll see when that comes, but. Yeah, I'm happy to have G-Man Choi. It's, just, it's a nice it's a nice ad. Rich Hill, as you said, too, I think he's a 43-year-old veteran. He's got playoff experience. Obviously, he's a guy who's respected in baseball to last 19 seasons, I think it is. You know, that that's no accident. So, it'll just help. And, you know, these, it, they're, they're good ads. And who we gave up aren't really anybody that I, I'm too upset to give up. So, we have a good farm system. People act like we don't uh, because of the trades last year, but – Preller is, you know, special, and we've already re, re, uh, restocked it. And nobody we give up is anyone I, I care for. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, three minor leaguers, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah. So well, one of them, yeah. one of them was on the uh, MLB roster, but he's a 28 year old. He's like what I just said. He's on the roster, but he's not a major league talent. So I didn't care. But yeah. Yeah, and that's the type of person that the the pirates are looking for so they won't have to pay him much. So much, yeah. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. I mean, you got a you got a situation here where it was a significant upgrade in batting and pitching exactly where you needed it. And, you know, when you're winning, see, the thing is too, and I want to emphasize this, when you lose close games, like the Padres have this year, 
at an unprecedented rate. You know, just a couple of tweaks and changes like Choi and like Richard Hill can mean all the difference in the world, especially if Choi is healthy, which I understand he is. Yeah. No, I mean, he's like I said, he was hurt early in the year, but it's not, he's not just back. He's back and he uh, produced heavily um, in July. And as we're saying this, Jim, there's a some I'm getting texted that we just made another trade or a trade. Oh, so it looks like we traded Ryan Weathers, the pitcher that I was done seeing and acquired Garrett Cooper and Sean Reynolds from the Marlins, which is interesting because that's a team, you know, we're competing for. I'm okay. Let's look him up. So Garrett Cooper is a first baseman, which we need right-handed bat this year. He's hitting 256 with 13 home runs. Oh, okay. Sean Reynolds. I'm not familiar with Sean Reynolds is. He's 6'8". So a 6'8 pitcher. He's a reliever. Huh, okay. So you got that done too. Live on the air, Jim. I told you we might see something late. I like it. I like this trade. That is, so you do like the trade? Well, I mean, 256 um, is is the higher batting average aggregate of the of – the, uh, Padres have aggregately, right? Aren't they in the 240 range? 245? Yeah, yeah that sounds about right. But I am only seeing that trade reported. Okay, I see a second guy reporting it now. I think we can operate as if it's, uh, it's happening. Yeah, because then the Marlins just went and traded for a different first baseman, um, old Padre Josh Bell. So it looks like they're, it's like a, a very, you know, like a three-team deal, but – Operated in two different ways, but okay, and yeah. So there you, you go. Okay, so you you get a you get a, reli- a six eight reliever who you know by you know implicitly a six eight reliever can be intimidating. And how? What about him? How long has he been in the league? Do you know anything about him? So Sean Reynolds has not been in the big leagues yet. So I see he's a triple A reliever for the Marlins. He has a two seven seven ERA. He looks like he's their oh. closer. So I'm going to assume this is a guy we call up pretty soon. Um, and then now what I'm thinking is – so here's what we're looking at. Because this, this Garrett Cooper, I'm going to assume he will start at first base against left-handed pitchers, being a righty bat. Yes. And yeah. then when, lefty, when a righty pitcher, I'm going to assume Cronenworth, who hasn't been that great this year, that's when he'll start and Choi will DH. So that's – that's where I'm at. And honestly, so I, that's, I've seen enough of Ryan Weathers. So, you know, even if it do, they don't turn out, that's fine by me. That guy, his ceiling isn't as high as I once thought it was. So pretty much every need. So you got a right-handed first baseman. You got a left. These are hitting. Right-handed hitting first baseman. You got a left-handed hitting first baseman. And a right-handed DH and a left-handed DH. And you still have Cronenworth. And yes. then you, then, awesome. then you have a, a reliever with a 277 ERA in AAA baseball, which is pretty credible. Yeah. No, absolutely. And look, he's he's been in the minors for a bit, 25 years old, former fourth round pick out of uh, Redondo Union High School. So somewhat oh, local kid. Yeah. 
Yeah, six eight. You know, looks like he's done well. Strikes out fifty four guys in forty eight innings this year. That's you know, that's obviously pretty good. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, the back end. I'm not expecting this guy to come in and be uh, the new eighth inning guy or anything, but just adding some more depth in that bullpen because you know Brent Honeywell is a guy that just I, drives me insane when he pitches for the Padres as a you know low le- like our worst reliever. So we'll upgrade. Yeah. So yeah, these were the right moves, Jim. These are the right moves. You know, nothing to set the world on fire, not trading anyone away that's too uh, valuable, but the team got better today. You know, and the thing is, is Fletcher, is that once again, when you lose all these close games, you know, the margin of error is it probably revolves around, you know, your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And by shoring up your weaknesses, hopefully – with another reliever, another left and right-handed bat, both of them with some power, can help tip the scales on some of these close games. And like you said, there is no reason to spend a ton of money and get another uh, another star because it's a star-studded team already. Absolutely. So it, sound, it sounds pretty good to me. So what, you know, besides the obvious, which is winning close games, is there anything else they need to do they need to work on? I mean, yeah, it's not really. It's like we said, I mean, they're the 0-10 in extra inning games and the worst team in baseball in one run game. So I think it kind of speaks for itself. There's so many. After losing last night, I was talking to some people, and I'm like, you know, in a negative sense, like we missed the playoffs by one game then you'll go and look back to probably 15 plus games where it's like, if we only could have won that one, there's about 15 of those. And then having said that, there's not many, there's maybe one or two games that I look at where it's like, Fletcher, you're fading. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm saying, hopefully you hear me a little better now. There we go. Yeah, there's only one. Thank you. Perfect. There's only one or two games that I look at like, man, we should have lost that game, but what a great comeback. So, yeah, I uh, they, they it's really it's got to clutch up and win these games. They need better situational hitting, but a lot of that is getting more uh, pop and depth in the bottom of the order, which just has not been producing like the top half has been. So hopefully, uh, adding in these pieces, you know, these are not these are guys who will probably hit sixth, seventh in our order, and they just extend the lineup a little bit. So time will tell. But yeah, 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 and also these these players because of all the star-studded lineup. You know, the, the people that are batting like eighth and ninth in the lineup, okay, they're going to see some pitches because of who's coming up first, second, third, and fourth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Whereas, whereas, like, let's take Choi, for instance, is that, you know, they, you know, if he was, if he's hot and he's doing well, they don't have to give him anything to hit because the Pirates have got nothing. Yeah, exactly. And, and the Marlins are the same way. The Marlins are a good team uh, by their record. Not the best offensive team outside of Luis Arias. Um, the rest of that lineup has not very, you know, it's not very good. They're they're winning because their pitching's really strong. So a guy like Garrett Cooper has some pop, had some success there. Only will be better. You got to assume uh, when he comes to the Padres. And I am hopeful that this means uh, Matt Carpenter is no longer a Padre. So we'll see what the corresponding move ends up being, but they have to clear a roster spot for him somehow because Weathers was not on the uh, MLB roster at the time. So that'll be interesting. Oh, he wasn't. So 
so how does the rest of how does the schedule? So we got twenty six games in twenty seven days. How does the schedule line up? Do we are we playing the Rockies tonight again? Yep. So we got two against the Rockies. So tonight and tomorrow, um, I believe Thursday will be an off day, and then we got four games against the uh, Dodgers. So rare wraparound in the sense that they play Friday through Monday, which definitely not something you see uh, you see very often. And hang on, I'm pulling up the uh, calendar now. After that, we got two games against the Mariners, and then it gets then it gets a little fun where we have how many games is this six games against seven games against the diamondbacks over the next 10. So the Orioles are mixed in the middle of that, but seven games against the D backs. Then we have three games against the Marlins, three games against the Brewers and then the giants shortly after. So these are teams we're directly, you know, trying to catch. And I think we spoke about this last week where, you know, you're playing the Rockies, you've got to win those games, but you can't control what the other teams do. And we need other teams to start losing. We have a chance to, you know, take matters into our own hands and do do just that. So that's uh, it's exciting. The, you know, we control our own destiny very much still. Yes, and it's lining up. It's very frustrating. Plus the Dodgers, I'm sure, you know, are on cruise control right now. You know, they want yeah. to get – you know, their aim is to get to keep everybody healthy for the playoffs. And, you know, I, I you know, I could see us winning three of four against the Dodgers or two of four. And, you know, if we can go in there and win a bunch of games against the Diamondbacks, a bunch of games against the Brewers and a bunch of games against the Marlins, that's what we need to do. Right. Absolutely. And Jim, breaking news. Uh, we got oh, we made no. another trade. Yeah, we got another trade. So as I as I said when we started, uh, the 3 p.m. Pacific time deadline obviously is true, but the reporters, you know, they say it later. Padres just acquired Scott Barlow from the Royals. This is big, Jim. He's their closer, and no. that's big. So we just got their closer, which is you know the Royals aren't a good team, but you know this closer is a very good one. And I believe may have been their all-star. Don't hold me to that, but that is fun. Yeah, that yeah, there's a my, my phone's blowing up with people pretty happy right now with that. So did but they didn't give up hater to get it, right? I would be shocked if we did, but so currently uh I'm not I'm not seeing any uh any saying this. And good news about Barlow, I'm seeing so he we have him next year too. So that's great. But yeah, I'm not seeing who or who we gave up yet. Um but I, we definitely that'll come up uh, any minute. But yeah, Scott Barlow, he's a very good righty reliever, and just you know, like I said, we needed the bullpen ads. And AJ Preller loves the dramatics that he waited until the last minute to do all this. this Let's is, uh, hear it for AJ. AJ, have so, fun. Yeah, I mean, this is such great news because you know, last week when we were having our podcast, and you know, you were you know, even though you're a glowingly optimistic guy. You were having a hard time going, you know, it was, it where you were like, yeah, we're trying to figure out whether we're going to scrap the season and trade some of our stars or if we're going to go for it. And thanks to the Texas Rangers being swept, we're going for it. And it, I mean, from what I understand and correct me if I'm wrong, we got everything that we needed. We needed depth and pitching. And now you even got a star with Barlow, right? Exactly. 
Yeah, and look, I'll, I'll look. I'm you know constantly refreshing to try and see who we gave up for Bar- from Barlow. Um, but yeah, I'll be definitely you know I think we're really you know getting those extra pieces we needed. I highly doubt we overpaid. Plus, you get a guy like uh, Barlow where he's under control for next year too. So next year you still have Soto under contract. You know you have everyone but Hater and Snell, and potentially um, you know those guys get re-signed anyways. But I love it, especially because of uh, because of you know what you can or what it does for next year too. So looking into Barlow, he actually has had a tough year this year. So definitely not an all-star this year, but the two years prior um, had ERAs under two and a half. So let's hope he comes back to his form um, from a couple years ago, but it's exciting. It's, it's better than what we got. And that's all I was really hoping for. So you think that, that, uh, that Barlow will kind of be the setup guy and Hayter will continue to close? Well, I think it's interesting. So where it's at, where it's been so far this year is, you know, the best situation for us to win is a starting pitcher goes six innings. Then Steven Wilson takes the seventh. um, Robert Suarez takes the eighth. Hayter takes the ninth. But then you have a game like last night where we had to use that formula two days in a row. Hayter threw 30 plus pitches on Sunday. So he's unavailable to go on Monday. And you're really just mixing matching, not really having much. So I don't know if he's like, the everyone's fresh eighth inning guy to me that's still Suarez but it just you know he'll be he'll pitch some eighth innings he'll pitch in the seventh now if Hader can't pitch then he'll be the closer for the ninth because he has that experience so what it really does is I don't know what exactly his role is going to be and if it's going to be as you know straightforward as uh, as what you're asking but that's much more how I uh you know it just adds options and adds you know we're not playing once a week we play every day so you've got to have multiple formulas Yes, and you know, if, having this plethora of riches and depth Absolutely. is really good for somebody, an experienced hand like Melvin, right? Yeah, no, exactly. So let's say you, you asked me how I would handle it. You know, I, I sit on my couch, watch the games, and sometimes think I know what to do, but I'll obviously trust uh, Bob Melvin has a plan to manage these guys. And not only Bob Melvin, but Ruben Niebla, our pitching coach, who is by far the best pitching coach in the game. Um, so you see a guy like Barlow who might be struggling this year. I think he gets turned around real quick and I doubt they would have, uh, made the trade for him if, uh, they didn't see, uh, you know, maybe there's one thing they see that they can fix real quick. So like I said, I'm yeah, curious maybe. we gave up, but it's, it's just depth. Sorry. And, you know, I, I'm wondering if after, you know, watching last night's game, another extra inning loss that they figured that they needed another closer. Exactly. You can never have too much. And as I said, I think the Stephen Wilson, Robert Suarez, Josh Hader is as good, if not the best. You know, maybe the, the Orioles got quite the quite a bullpen, but maybe the National League, the best three man, you know, three headed monster in the bullpen. But outside of that, there's just such a drop off. So you now we got you got a guy like Barlow who's a proven solid MLB reliever, MLB closer. And then this uh, six eight kid who hasn't pitched in the MLB but has been dominating AAA and has to be, you know, coming uh, right away. This so, is so great. So let me. It's ask fun. You something. If anything, it's fun. That's I like fun. Yeah, it's. I mean, you know, and I love it when you're optimistic because you're, <laughs> you know, you're just, you know, you're bursting with positive energy. So let me ask you this, Fletcher: How many games do you watch a year? Ooh, too Hockey many. Games. I'd say so. What they play one sixty two, 
Um, definitely, you know, I'd probably say in the 140 to 150 range. And then the other that ones, is- I just, the other ones I'm, I'm, I'm monitoring. They got a nice feature on the MOB app, Jim, where you can track the game. So on the home screen, you don't even have to go to the app. It just shows you the score. And I've, uh, I've been using that this year. That's why you're such a credible source of information is because of the fact that you watch and you attend. I mean, you watch as many games as you can, say 140. Uh, well, probably do you attend like 20 a year. Yeah. So I'd, yeah, I'd probably say more like 15. Um, I'll have 20 uh-huh. tickets, but then, you know, believe it or not, I do sometimes have other things to do. Um, so that does, keeps me away from the park, but yeah, I'd say about the 15 range is about accurate. And what's it like going to a Padres game? Look, I mean, it's a very optimistic and very fun environment. This year has obviously been a tough year, but they've sold out just every game I've been at. has been a sellout. And I, and that's the same on, you know, a, a Saturday night versus Dodgers as is a Monday night versus Pirates, as we uh, discussed last week. So it's very, uh, very passionate. Also, I'd say a very knowledgeable fan base. I think, uh-huh. you know, the, I'm not a big boo your team in the stadium kind of guy, but, you know, they'll be the boos. And for the most part, I don't disagree when they happen. Um, so I'd say that. So I think it's a, it's a fan base that's knowledgeable, passionate, and hungry. Um, I think San Diego gets this weird, you know, vibe that's not a great sports town, which, you know, because obviously we lost the Clippers way back in when, lost the Chargers, but that's just because of greedy owners and bad San Diego politicians. The fan base is, here is as good as, as good as anywhere and simply not a beach town. So the games are, are very fun. And even your daughter, obviously not, you know, the biggest uh, baseball fan in the world, but has a great time every time we go. So whether you're a sports fan or not, you're going to have, you're going to have fun. It's the place to be uh, in San Diego. I see her. I see your pictures with, uh, with the garb on. Yes. I love it. So, all right, Fletcher, I am so happy we get to caught up because this, you know, the tenor of this of this podcast could have been a lot different had they just decided to yep. dissolve their, you know, their franchise. But the fact that they, you know, they're beefing it up with whatever, what, exactly what they need is so exciting. And, you know, you're a veteran uh, and the Padres consultant for the Who Gives a Shit Files, and you know you get the last word. So tell yeah. us what you're thinking about the trade, the Padres, and the outlook for the future. Real quick, you just uh, reminded me of something. So on the other spectrum of a team that spent a lot of money, high expectations, been underperforming in the New York Mets. Um, so they traded J- Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, Tommy Pham, Mark Hanna, um, David Robertson. So they did the opposite of what the Padres did. We're also in a better position than them, but let me say. And I was reading an article on uh, The Athletic where it was Max Scherzer because he you know, was asking, he's like, okay, I'm still under contract next year. I want to be here. And what, what are we doing? And essentially their owner and GM told him that they're now targeting for 2025, 2026. They really want to retool because it's not working. And, and it just makes me so happy seeing, cause that's what it would look like if we sold, but instead we decided to buy and they went out and bought, did better than I thought we were going to do truly just upgraded the roster. No, you didn't trade for a Juan Soto type move like last year, but there wasn't that option this year. So we added that depth, added a, a starter, added some bullpen, got some, just some new faces. And look, sports, sports are supposed to be fun. I take it very seriously, obviously. And I know you do as well, but 
ultimately it's fun. And it's fun to have new players on your team, fresh blood. And yeah, obviously they won't be playing tonight, but I hope we can get them out to Colorado ASAP and put some guys in the lineup tomorrow. And let's just see how these guys look in, uh, in the brown and gold. I, I'm, I'm just excited and I'm ready for, uh, ready for it to go on a run and get that win streak we've been waiting on for so long. Yeah. This is so great. Well, Fletcher Christian Gange, I want to thank you for joining the Who Gives the Shit Files, and I want to thank our audience for listening. This has been a great podcast, and we're going to catch up in a week or two to see how these how these new players are gelling with the stars. That's yes, right. So thanks so that. much. Yep. No, thank you, Jim. Talk soon. Thanks, Christian. Bye. Bye.